I'm really glad we're doing this uh, for a number of reasons, but um, most of which I have really sucked at being a podcaster lately. Matter of fact, it, as we sit here, this is the day after Thanksgiving. This is the 27th. And I've still got another October episode recorded that I haven't released yet. You can take it two <laughs> ways. It's just like you're, you're like being terrible at it or you're super prepared. <laughs> I'm prepared for I'm, Halloween next year. I'm like, I'm an episode ahead. I just haven't, you know, posted it yet. <laughs> there you go. I'm so far ahead that I haven't published anything since November the 1st. And I wanted all of the Halloween stuff to come out in October. In October and this yeah. is the best one. And I haven't released it yet. Uh, but the good news is uh, the long lost Star Wars podcast you're going to transfer over to me tonight and I'm going to release it on our Patreon. Um, Even I forgot about that episode. No, okay, this is this was so long ago. Which Star Wars movie were we talking about? It was one of the last two. It, it was the last one. The um, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Because okay. I, I do remember saying that I, I compared it to the Dumb and Dumber uh, movie, where it says this one I thought you couldn't get any dumber. You go and do something like this. And totally, and totally redeem yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Well, we had been recording vocals um, for the new Killjoy EP. That I pro- we probably need to finish, by the way. Nothing <laughs> uh, on the to do list. Yeah, I got a, a long list. Um, we had we had just done vocals that day, and you were like, well, "We start talking about Star Wars because we had both just watched it," and you were like, "Hey, we got this shit set up right. to record. Let's." Just have a seat. Mics are hot. Go for it. The mics are hot. Jump on. Oh, and by the way, if if our listeners hear a very, very obvious increase in quality of this episode, (laughs) it's because Rob brought his gear. So we're not using my setup over here on the computer. He brought his laptop. I was just anxious to play with, you know, toys. Yeah, we got got preamps. Preamps. I don't know exactly what that does, but, I mean, it's got to be something cool. They're the amp (laughs) before the amp. Yeah. Preamp. Preamps says it in the name, but yeah, we'll have that coming out, and I'm just going to put that on our low, lowest entry level of pay. Like basically, anybody that's a patron will see that episode, and uh, it'll be out there. And then I got another episode, a short one, me and Anthony recorded this weekend that's going to go up on the Patreon page. So there'll be a lot of good content awesome. coming out for our patrons really soon. And today we have a lot of stuff from the Seeking Seven camp to talk about. Uh, we got a song we're going to play. We're going to talk about the video. Uh, but before we get to that, being it is the day after Thanksgiving, how did your Thanksgiving go? Oh, it went by super fast. It was, you know, uh, everybody's, you know, COVID has ruined everything. Like, yeah. Everything. But I think we're at the point now, even as a society, where we're like, it's not ruining Thanksgiving. So we uh, we did have a family meal. Um uh, it wasn't the full extended family, but uh, it was still great, and uh, and getting to see everybody because it feels like we've been locked away in our houses for months and months, which we kind of have. Mm. So yeah, it was really good. Um, just the day went by really fast. I had like three Thanksgivings. Is uh, me and Alicia were talking earlier. We were kind of going through a grocery list because we cooked so much food, and like you realize we cooked like well over seventy five eggs. Because she went and got the 15 dozen box 
and there's like two or three flats left. <laughs> and uh, what'd you do with all, all like all deviled eggs or just like we made a lot of dressing, a lot of deviled just eggs, like just and yeah, yeah, putting eggs in cornbread to make dressing and. Uh, yeah, the, I made a lot of cornbread. She made a lot of dressing. We had uh, two Thanksgivings ourselves. Uh, my nephew uh, left last weekend to Air Force boot camp. So my sister wanted to do an early Thanksgiving so that he could be involved. And so my assignment for that meal was to turkey. And then we started making the turkey. And about halfway through it, my oven decides to quit. Mm. So <laughs> we had to do a rush to turkey over to my sister's house and use her oven. But then for Thanksgiving Day, I got reassigned turkey again. And uh, so I woke up at 4, literally, and uh, threw, threw the turkey on the smoker. And it turned out fantastic. So, Dude, yeah. I smoked a turkey one time. Um, but I learned a little secret this year that I'll share with everybody. Um, for like five extra bucks, go to Sam's and buy the smoked turkey that's already been smoked. <laughs> because I thought, like, my mom cooks a big spread and right. I, I, we all bring stuff. But they got to where they didn't want to do the ham and the turkey and the dressing, so they would outsource it. They would get, like, caterers or whoever to make it. And... uh so I thought the smoked turkey that dad always gives that he got one of his friends or somebody to do it. Like he hired somebody to smoke a turkey for him. But come to find out, he gets them at Sam's for like 26 bucks. And yeah. they are good. I would have kept that secret. You know, <laughs> they are really good. Yeah, they're going to sell out now. I'm not going to be able to get one. I would even buy a smoker and have it like, yeah, you know. On but slaving all day over the smoker. Yeah. But I mean, for the money, it's not that much more than buying the actual turkey. And it's already done. All you do is stick in the oven to for like an hour to heat it up and serve it and it's delicious that's great I'll, I might do that um, how do you do yours in the oven you just put it in a pot or do you do the bag thing or no I well um, we're going to turn this into the cooking network but that's okay <laughs> that's okay I love to cook by the way I do too. so it's like a passion of mine it's a stress reliever um, no uh, really get a, a good juicy turkey you have to brine it um, mm. that's really the Secret, you know, so you, I made up this uh, brining concoction and it doesn't smell very pleasant, but it works really great. And I soak it in that for at least 24 hours. Um, and uh, as far as throwing it in an oven, um, probably about three and a half, maybe four hours. And I'm talking about a you know, 16 pound turkey here, the biggest one they have. Mm. And then, but for smoking, I started at four in the morning. And it was ready right at 11. Oh, wow. So I, it, it had to smoke that long. Low and slow. You know? Yeah, because yeah, um, smoking turkey is no, nothing like smoking like a, um, a big chunk of beef because it's hollow. It's, it can dry out really easily right. if, you're, if you try to get too anxious with it. You can't treat it with the same temperatures if and stuff like that. If you brine a turkey and then the fact that it's still on the bone... Uh, you don't really have to worry about drying out as bad. Yeah, uh, brining's definitely the way to go. I'm a little too lazy, so I'd inject mine with butter sauce, yeah. uh, which is like the poor man's brining, I guess you'd say. I take this uh, butter, parsley, and garlic kind of mixture, and we get up under the skin with it. Um, it's kind of gross to do, but it it makes a big difference. So you get up underneath the skin with this mixture of butter and parsley and garlic, and then you then you get it on the outside as well, and it it, it comes out. Everybody asks the secret of why mines are so juicy. So 
There you yeah, go. the white now meat. You know. The white meat on turkey can can be a little dry for my taste, but yeah, doing them that way, and you'd be surprised how much you can get in a turkey. Like yeah. when I get done injecting one, it looks like it's been working out. Like it's all <laughs> buffed and jacked. It's like the hulk of turkey. <laughs> All right, I'll, the we'll, we'll quit talking about food. I could, I could do a whole podcast on cooking and I want a smoking. And, yeah, <laughs> go to Sam's turkey sandwich. <laughs> so, uh, another thing I wanted to to address that's kind of hot on the fire still is, uh, how are you caught up on the Mandalorian? All the way, all the way. I mean, it sucks when you watch it on a Friday because. Seven days is a long time. But it keeps you from having to see spoilers on Facebook. And I even got a spoiler True. on the first season of Mandalorian. I got a spoiler on Yahoo News. Really? Yeah, this wasn't like somebody just talking in a you know, a news on a feed or whatever. This was like a headline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, dude, what the hell? That's crazy. Yeah, there's spoilers everywhere. And I like to be, you know, I like that oh shit moment. You yeah. Know? Well, you know, I... Uh, I, I did the jerk thing today, and I I posted a spoiler about it. Uh, but the, at least with my spoiler, if you read it, you would not know what it is at all. But once you see the Mandalorian this episode, you'd be like, ah, okay. There is a character. But it was still a it was still a spoiler. There's a character, and I haven't looked it up yet this season. That's in costume, so you can't tell who it is. But I I distinctly recognize the voice. And I, I was meant to look it up and see who that is playing that playing that role. Which it's one? one of the um It's the it was the last episode. It was one of the alien dudes that was Well, I can't oh, say I that without talking about double he was crossing. in the first episode too, right? He came back from the, the blue guy and the gills has a No, not him. He's okay. cool. I like him. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad I'm glad he came back. And another thing that was cool to see is Sasha Banks, the wrestler, was in the last oh, yeah. episode I watched. Yeah. And of course, you know, in the first season, Bill Burr, I was surprised to see him and uh, Gus from Breaking Bad as Moff Gideon, the the big bad, I guess, right. of, of this series, or at least one of the big bads. Hasn't played a huge role yet, but you know he's there. It's like it's coming. Yeah. And uh, they say that the dark saber that he uses is a. Uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff about it in the extended universe of Star Wars, but it's never been touched upon on screen before till now. Well, you know what really makes the Mandalorian great is is pulling little nuggets from all over the place, from the prequels. To uh, the the side chapters like Solo and and Rogue One mm-hmm. from the the Skywalker's you know episodes from from everywhere even Star Wars Rebels it has referenced even of course the Clone Wars um, it's it's um, I mean even at the I mean not to give away a spoiler but I mean you got a glimpse of Boba Fett in the very last episode at the very end. Um, not not today's episode, but it's season four, or uh, no, it was it was uh, no season two, no, it was uh, it was the first episode of season two. Forgive me on that. Yeah, at the very end, that's that's uh, Boba Fett. So is I, it because yeah. there, there was a guy that had his armor? Oh, they like, confirmed it. They confirmed it was okay. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, uh, they only showed him for a second. And it's like a cutscene at the end. 
So, but now like that guy said, that was like a sheriff of his little town yeah. was wasn't that armor that he had bought? Wasn't that Boba Fett's armor? I believe so. It was, and, and they, they definitely gave it away like it. that it was because they show the very last scene. They show Boba Fett standing there, like as he's leaving Tatooine. How did I miss that? Ah, oh, watch it again, dude. Okay. Watch it again. It's great. But I usually, yeah, I usually do it's anyway. Like, I'm it's referencing some. the entire universe. And that's what I really think is genius about The Mandalorian. I love it. Well, there's been a lot of speculation of whether or not Boba Fett would show up in this. So, since it's been confirmed, and even I didn't know that, even though I've seen it. <laughs> Episode 1, Season 2. Yeah. Um, how, do, how do you theorize how he survived? And this isn't spoilery because we don't know. Okay, well, uh, he got easy to... He got ate by a Sarlacc. Is, yeah. Um, because that's what they did. They killed one of the sand dragons. So the fact that he didn't have his armor means that he probably lost it in the, the belly of the Sarlacc. The belly of the beast. Yeah. But yeah, he, and it's probably the best car armor that saved him, you know? Yeah. Uh, because, well, shoot, I don't want to say this cause it might give away the, today's episode. Um, yeah, let's don't get too spoilery. No, no, but I will say that. season uh, two. I mean, surely everybody's seen season one by now. I don't, I don't care about spoiling I'll just leave that. it at this. The best car armor is a lot tougher than you give it credit for. It's oh, like, yeah. They they allude to that through the, like from the beginning. Right. That your it's, armor is everything. Yeah. It's um, it's tough stuff. Awesome. So, yeah, it's probably saved them. One thing that I highly recommend everybody do is uh, if, you, if you've got Disney Plus... And you get caught up, it'll like play just something that they think you'll like next because you've seen them all. Right. Well, it started playing this, uh, I think it's called Gallery, but it's more, it's basically, that may not be the name of it, but it's a, a whole season of behind the scenes episodes where they talk about everything from just the idea of the Mandalorian and what they're trying to do and how they're, you know, going about it. And it's really neat, especially if you're kind of a, a techie kind of nerd like me, they came up with this whole new technology um, of filming that's never been done before that they think will be like the status quo going forward because you can shoot stuff that looks really, really cool a lot cheaper. And it's basically this humongous warehouse and this giant room of TV screens. And if you want to be in a desert, they put it on the desert, on, yeah. on the walls, and you're in the desert. Instead <laughs> of using green screen and CGI or having to go on location and shoot in the desert or fly over to Scotland to get, you know, the certain, like, they bring it to the soundstage. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. It looks so real. And they show, like, all the little, um, all the stuff they're doing that they have with technology now and the stuff that they're pulling from how George Lucas did it originally and combining those two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, there's this one thing they do where um, they'll have a model of a, the ship flying through space, and then they'll have to, to simulate, like, G, they're pulling Gs. They move the stars in the background opposite of how the ship's moving. So they pan the camera around, and the background stars are moving. So it makes it look 
like the ships flying through space. It's crazy. Yes, and George Lucas did it that way. Yeah, and you know, well, George Lucas pretty much invented, reinvented the way movies were made at that time of day. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. with that budget. When that when that came out, I was like, whoa! How did you do that? Especially like you said at that budget. Well, that's one thing. If you recall back when we did an episode on. Um, the Force Awakens. Uh, you and I went to the theater and watched it, and did an episode right after. Uh, and the first comment I made about it was the cinematography, how just um, well shot it was, and the fact that they made it not so prequely as far as you can't really tell it CG. They brought back a lot of the the uh, the puppetry. The uh, um, it, it was a great homage, if you will, to the original 1977 series and yet it was just beautifully shot yeah. at the same time it really made you feel like you were back in the uh, Star Wars universe yeah um, one thing that uh, I was that surprised me in watching this behind the scenes thing is how much of this is real I, I just assumed that you know this is 2020 they're going to be using a lot of CGI, CGI and they do use CGI to uh, complete stuff like you might see the bottom piece of something and then the top part they fill in right. with CGI, but everything is real. Like um, uh, IG eleven or eighty eight, I got them mixed up. One of them is in the original, the the bounty hunter robot. Okay, they, yeah. They have a a puppet of him. Of course, Baby Yoda's got like four people controlling it. Like one guy does the arms and one guy's controlling the the facial expression and ears and. Um, and they were talking about Baby Yoda and how well done he is. And they said sometimes the directors will be directing Baby Yoda and they don't, like, instead of talking to the puppeteer, they're, they're talking, they're to, talking to the puppet. And they're like, oh, yeah, wait, that's not a real thing. I need to be talking to you. I think another thing that they did geniusly was uh, they literally have a different director every episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's actually a great thing to do because... Uh, it, it 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 you would think that it would ruin the continuity of it, you know. It would, but it really hasn't. They all have stayed on the same page. And you know, I give some of the credit, the ability to do that to like the Marvel universe, because every movie is by a different director, but yet Kevin Feige has helped them stay on the path. You know, for yeah. the most part, right? Um, so the fact that these directors would get in a room and talk it over together before they go direct our episode and then and that's uh they interview them uh together and separately talking about you know their envision for that episode and and how the characters fit into the universe that they are creating inside the universe of the star it's really 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 cool um I like that behind the scenes. I'm a sucker for behind the scenes, behind the scenes stuff. Me too. Uh, I'll spend more time watching how to make a movie than than watching the actual movie. Sometimes. Case in point, about a year ago, uh, for the ninth time, I repurchased uh, the original Michael Keaton Batman because it came with a bonus disc that had some bonus footage on it that I had seen, but some of it that I hadn't. Mm-hmm. There's like there, I was like there was some bonus stuff out there that I haven't seen. I gotta buy it, even though I've got like. A Blu-ray copy, a CD, a, probably a DVD and VHS copy of it. Like I bought it one more time just to get that extra behind-the-scenes footage to watch. Yeah, yeah, I, li- I like that kind of stuff. I like to see how the, you know, how the donuts are made. Yeah, exactly. And it, it made me like the Mandalorian. I have a great appreciation and 
John Favreau. Favreau, yeah. Fa- Favreau. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, that guy. Kudos to him for I, coming I, up with all I this. Think it, I, I think John Favreau saved the world. I mean, I mean, he started the whole Marvel. He gave us Iron Man. Which you know. jump-started the whole Marvel universe. He wrote the first two Iron Man movies. He wrote it. Like you would think, okay, directing is one thing, but and then you look at the credits of the Mandalorian. He wrote the Mandalorian. Who knew that John Favreau, the guy from Rudy, uh, was a fantastic writer that would <laughs> almost single-handedly save them? Yeah, and I wouldn't have known. I I wanted a Mandalorian TV show. Right. Like I like Boba Fett. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't that big of a character in the right. Star Wars movies. He had like what one line. If if I can recall this correctly, I'm sure that someone called me out on it. But um, the what the whole pitch in the beginning was a Boba Fett show, but when John Favreau got in, involved, he says no, it's let's do it on Mandalore and the Mandalorian because nobody really knows a lot about them. Yeah, and uh, and and he goes well, well, you know, I don't know if they agreed to put Boba Fett in it at the time or not, but I know that it was originally pitched as a Boba Fett TV series, and it and when uh, when he started writing it, it he focused more on, on Mandalore than he did anything else, which that was the creation of this new character, and and um, and I think that was very smart. You know, mm-hmm. on his part, and I like how they're they're shooting for the whole space western kind of thing because if you recall, like Boba Fett even had a spurs, like you could hear spurs when he would walk. Yeah, in the original Star Wars, and uh, so he was he was kind of like you know the outlaw gunslinger, and they re- you really see that in in this. It it feels like you're watching a space western, right? And uh, every episode has its own theme. Like that one, uh, there's one they call the heist episode. Like this yeah. is a heist, you know, and this is this is a rescue mission, and this one is this, and um, it's it's really neat. It's like each show has its own little personality. And who would have thought in 2020 that the the big thing would be a Star Wars TV show? TV show, right? <laughs> Not the movies. Like there's people that are, of course, there's. People that have strong stances on either side about what they think of the last three Star Wars movies, but nobody was arguing about this. Well, look, look back though, um, you know, twenty years ago and further, um, TV shows is notoriously always had low budgets. Mm-hmm. You know, do a lot with what you got, and you don't have a lot. So, in that respect, TV shows re- relied on their writing and 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 creativity to pull off something that didn't have much CG in it. And I, I think, you know, especially in, in series like Game of Thrones, where they put more money in creating those episodes in a motion picture movie mm-hmm. that goes into a theater. Now there's so much more budget um, allowed to TV show creators. I think without that, we wouldn't have this. If we did, it would be really cheesy. It would be like the Star Wars holiday special or something. <laughs> what do you think the... the the future of movie going is going to be is this going to die down and theaters open up wide open again or are we fixing to move to like because there's a rumor well it may not even be a rumor but I, I heard that they're they're seriously thinking about putting the new Wonder Woman movie out on HBO Max they are 
December so 25th. So that's, that's official? Yep. Okay. But it's also going to be in theaters, too. And so what I guess what they're doing, they're like, well, people who are not afraid to go to the theater will have that option there. But it's going to be something like Disney did with Milan, which, I mean, when they released Milan, it cost $30 yeah. with a Disney Plus subscription to watch it. Uh I'd like to see the numbers on but, how that did. Well, I, I, I do too, but I, I get it. And, you know, and I a lot of people complained about it. But when you think of it and respect that, well, this is a movie with a big budget and it's supposed to have a theatrical release. Um, you're not getting to go to the theater. Yeah. Um, so it's going to cost, you know. Um, so I, I understand the concept. I just don't think many people did it. So I don't think it's really going to catch on. People are going to leave their house to a certain degree. Um, I know they're referencing stuff as the new norm, but COVID cannot and will not last forever. It's going to get a point where all of society is sick and tired of it. And they're going to say, I'm going out no matter what. Um, I, I don't think you can keep the, you know, our economy will not survive in a COVID environment much longer, you know, really can't. I mean, restaurants and, you know, society as we know it would change forever. And it'll take years and years for these things to rebound. Say that COVID lasts two or three years and all the theaters shut down forever. Um, to bring that back would not be an overnight thing. You know, it would, mm-hmm. uh, it would take a long time. I think, you know, it's hard to predict the future. Um, but yeah, I I think that as soon as it possibly can, you know, it's. I mean, I hate how they turn COVID into a political thing. Um, God, I hate politics. I, I do too. That's the only complaint and, I have about my family is when they all get together, they talk about politics. So I had to listen to that during Thanksgiving. I'm like, and, and turn the, it off. <laughs> to to de- to debate it though is you know they pigeonhole you into or label you. Well, you're a naysayer, or you're this, or you're that, and it's it's not really even the point. It's just like I think they took something that um, that the media could spin to scare the world for a political result, and and I'm not saying, and this is where they pigeonhole you. They they say, well, you're saying that COVID's not real. Now, I'm not saying it's not real. Um, but I'm definitely saying it's exaggerated, uh, heavily exaggerated to the point of shutting down the entire economy. It's, it's super exaggerated because we've we've had much worse pandemics in our history as a nation. Uh, Asian flu. Uh, we, we, we've had way, way greater pandemics that you know the media just dismissed you know and we all live through it you one know? thing i think though to kind of play devil's advocate here that that makes this virus a little bit different maybe this is just for me maybe what the thing that makes it a little scary is yeah it's only has a one percent death rate that's there's been viruses that are way worse than that but at the same time you don't even know exactly what you're gonna get if you get it like some people get it and never even know they had it right some people uh, we've got a couple of close friends that suffered severely with it. And, you know, everybody's scared of getting it because you don't know what you're getting. If you get the flu, you expect A, B, C, X, Y, Z. Right. You get COVID-19, who the hell knows what's going to happen to you? I got, I mean, 
our friend Barry, like his spleen was enlarged. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, who knows what's going to happen and how long it's going to happen to mm-hmm. you. Some people are getting over it in a week. Some people never got over it. They still can't taste and smell and things like that. I, I think that's, maybe it's just me, but that's what makes it kind of scary is it's unpredictable. You're like, you don't know what the hell you're going to get. Right. Uh, and with other viruses, you kind of have a pre, you kind of got an idea. It's like, okay, well, if I get it, this is what I got to do. And there's no real treatment. Working you can treat the a, symptoms. Working in a medical group where I have the opportunity to work, and I work alongside public health, and uh, so I'm a part of a lot of their briefs. And from the from day one, back in March, February even, uh, the meetings we have went like this. They they said then everybody's going to get it. Eventually, I mean, eventually, everybody's going. They well, said the, it back the then, way the numbers are trending, it certainly looks like it. There's no way to actually prevent this from happening. Is is you're going to get it? The flattening the curve concept was always let's just prevent everybody the best that we can from getting it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So wear a mask and social distance. That way we can flatten the curve. We're not oversaturating our hospitals. But then what the media would do is media would skew numbers and then they will make uh, bogus claims and which saying they would go on the radio and say all our ERs and ICUs are filled and it would be false information. Um, there'll be hospitals with plenty of open beds and ICUs that with plenty of room in it. Uh, matter of fact, hospitals are turning away you know, most common other illnesses and only accepting COVID patients. But also at the same time, due to insurance reasons, there's a lot of civilian um, uh, medical facilities for the purpose of insurance. They were coding anything and everything COVID because if you say you had a common cold and you diagnose this code with the common code, you get X amount of dollars for that visit. Well, if you can make that a COVID-19 code, they can double or even triple the amount you get uh, as payment from the insurance company because the insurance company got help from the federal government. Well, I'm not wanting to turn this into a conspiracy theory, and I know you like conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. These are factual things that I've witnessed, you know, top hand. I've seen a lot of deaths and a lot of people who were told they had COVID-19 and never did. But like you said a few minutes ago, there's a lot of people who've had it and never even knew it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's anything for society to really be afraid of. I think what we should be afraid of is what and how the government is using this virus to control people. And, uh, that's the scary part to me, you know, um, yeah, I'm, and I think that's I can, only going to get worse. One thing I can I can agree on is I I firmly believe that if you test positive for COVID nineteen and then you walk out in the street and get smacked by a bus, you're going to be listed as a COVID nineteen death. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I mean, anything you know. Yeah, it's. it's but it's on the other way. on the other end of it, I think there's people. There's definitely going to be some false positive, but I think there's false negatives, both, mm-hmm. because like I've heard about so many people firsthand. Again, a good friend of ours tested negative twice on the short test, which is when they stick it up your nose, then positive 
for the blood test, and it took so long to get the results back that by the time he knew he had COVID, he was almost over it. Right. <laughs> the, the people that really should be afraid of this virus are those that know they have pre-existing medical conditions. Right. If you're a bad diabetic, if you're extremely overweight, if you have any type of lung disease at all, COPD, if you're a heavy smoker, um, if you have high blood pressure, I think, uh, and age, you know, uh, if you're over 60, and you have any of those things that I just mentioned, then yeah, you should play very, you should be very cautious. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't think you should make <clears throat> young and healthy majority of people, you know, stay inside and wear a mask and, and junk like that who will likely like 99.999% recover. I think you should be protecting those people that have pre-existing illnesses. You know, those are things that healthy people should be, you know, um, making ways available for, for those people to maybe not leave their house, maybe protect them a little bit more. Those are the people that really are, are at risk. And even, even a low percentage of those actually have a death rate. Um, that's 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 high. Yeah, it? there's healthy people that get taken out by it, um, and then there's people that are at huge risk that kick out pretty easy. It's just so like going back to what I said, it's so unpredictable. Like right. you, you just don't know exactly what your COVID nineteen experience is going right. to be, and that kind of makes it a little bit scary for me. I I don't want to get it. I am overweight. I do have high blood pressure. I drink a lot. Uh, of course, I've always been a big hand washer because I. It, like at work if I go do something when I come by the first thing I do is wash my hands right. uh, and I don't mind like I'm using obviously more hand sanitizer now than I ever have and I don't really mind that don't really I don't, really, I don't mind wearing a mask uh, there was somebody talking about that the other day that they said well the mask doesn't help anything and well you can prove it by doing this test and this test and this test and I'm like well I know but I don't think the point at least from what I understand and I'm a big dummy but I don't think the the mask is is stopping the virus molecules or atoms or particles or whatever they're called. It's stopping your spit that has it in it. it right. It can't hurt. Plates. And it's like, uh, yeah. And I, I've been taking more vitamins lately. And well, about, um, and then people say like, that's not going to do me any good. I'm like, well, it ain't going to hurt. There is a, <laughs> there is a recent study. This is something that is factual that most COVID cases are coming from aerosol type droplets nothing left on the surface so people are like working real hard to cleaning surfaces well they mm-hmm. apparently don't live on surfaces as long as as uh, people have previously thought it is coming from aerosolable type of droplets and that's what is that that's people breathing so mm-hmm. um i don't mind wearing a mask either and the thing is is i see other people in their eyes the uncomfort they have around someone who's not wearing a mask and the thing is is i don't want someone to i mean do i feel like they make a big difference probably probably not about 50 50 you know but if someone's uncomfortable around me not wearing a mask then i don't want that to happen so i i wear to um make people around me comfortable you know uh yeah. at least feel a little bit more safer so for that more than I do I worry about myself or if I contract it or any you know, worst case scenario if I 
Yeah, I'd feel really it. bad if I gave it to somebody, too. But they're going to get it anyway. Um, I mean, But if there's a sign on the door that said mask required, I always have it in my back pocket. I'll, right. s- I'll slip it on anything. Me too. It doesn't just, bother me, but what what I think is funny, and <laughs> I, this, this happened the other day, there's two huge banners out front hung up that says face mask required on the premises and it's got a picture of a face mask in case you didn't know what that was yeah and then when you get to the door there's another big sign with a picture of a face mask it's face mask required upon entry so you know i got my mask out i slipped it on i walk in i'm the only person yeah. <laughs> in that whole place including all the employees of that yep. store yep. that has on a mask <laughs> the biggest reason i mean the reason for that is like legalities you know, that establishment don't want to be ever accused. Well, we didn't in, in, imply or uh, we didn't put that rule in. We put that rule in effect. There's signs everywhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, what do they expect? Someone to put a, a, an officer at the door and said, oh, you're not wearing a mask. I mean, Walmart Shoot, did that for Walmart a while. basically did that for Man, a while. They were, they were serious about it. Like, if, if you didn't have it. On as you were walking up, they're like, "Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, Get I'm on the ground now!" Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, just in wrapping all this up, I, I've, I feel kind of weird walking in a store like that, and I'm the only one with a mask on. Just like I wouldn't want to walk in and be the only one without one, right? But I don't judge either way. Yeah, exactly. I don't be like, "What the hell, man!" And I don't, I don't think other people should either. You know, uh, I think you should do right by yourself. You know what you feel comfortable and uncomfortable doing. You know, um, I respect other people, so I wear it for that reason more than, than anything else. Yeah, and going back to movies and stuff, like, uh, this is the driving theater's time to shine, man. Right. Like, But the problem is, all these driving theaters are, I guess, still open, because you can social distance easy inside of a vehicle. Right. But what movies are they going to show? Well, <laughs> you know, they. Had, I mean, they're having reruns show. and stuff yeah. like that, because they're not going to release... You know, Black Widow, if you will, or, you know, The Eternals or, you know, big movies that are coming out um, in the future. They're not going to release those just to drive-ins. I mean, because it's not going to, it's not going to capitalize. Well, from what I understand, there's a lot of theaters still open. They're just having to, they're having to show old movies. Exactly, because nothing needs coming out. Um, So, start putting the movies out. Yeah. I don't see why. If you don't feel comfortable going to the theater, I mean, you ain't got to. No. You don't, and, and you can social distance inside of a theater. I, I've been saying that. Just all don't along. sit next to the those people over like, there. If you're, if I don't you, like sitting next to people without a pandemic. <laughs> if you're scared to leave your house, then don't. People, I mean, that's something about concerts, you know, because it's killed all our concerts. And the, mm. and and people hit me up is like, why are you doing a concert? I'm like, well, I'm doing this one because it's outside in a big field. There's plenty of room to social distance. And here's the thing: if you don't feel comfortable coming out, then don't come out. So you stay at home, but there's other people who are. I'm used to people doing that at our concerts anyway. Exactly. You know, it's nothing new. <laughs> I'm used to people staying at home. <laughs> it's the same as before. We just have a pandemic. I can go with it. Yeah, but don't don't disrespect the people who do come out. You know, uh, or you know, because they're not afraid. You know, that's my opinion. Anyway. Um. I say I need to check our food. I'm cooking chicken tacos, going back to food again. Yeah. I need to check our food and uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, speaking of concerts, we got to talk about the upcoming Seeking 7 CD release party. We got to talk about the song. We got to talk about the video and uh, everything that's been going on there. And we got to play the song. Yeah. 
Hey, why don't you play that commercial? Have you finished that commercial? Yep. I've finished it. Why don't you play it? We'll do it. All right. Well, roll those beautiful beans. Roll them beans. Friday, December 18th. VFW Post 4490, Aberdeen, Mississippi presents Seeking Seven, What Few Remain CD Release Party. The new album will be available, and to celebrate with us, we have also played Northeast Mississippi Legends, Kill J. But I Along with from Jackson, Tennessee, Caging Elliot and Via Novus and Affliction of the Absent. One night, five bands. Sponsored by Madhouse Inc. with the Body Art Bus, who will be on location that evening. Five bands, only a $10 cover. Come rock out with Seeking Seven and Friends as we celebrate the release of the brand new CD, What Few Remain, Volume 2, Friday, December 18th, VFW Post 4490, Aberdeen, Mississippi. Oh, and during our little break, not only did we get our bellies full, of chicken tacos. Great chicken tacos, man. We Great. watched the latest episode of Mandalorian, and I agree with you 100%. That's the best episode so far. It really is. Like that, they could have extended that out about another hour and a half, and that would have been one of the best Star Wars movies. It was so good. I've seen it in a long time. Yeah, it was so good, though, that it was a fast 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, it boom. I think they're a little bit more than 30 minutes, aren't they? They're like 40, I think. Yeah. Well, the first one of this season was an hour. Usually, uh, the pilots are a little bit longer. I I didn't necessarily agree 100% with everybody else. Like, even my brother-in-law was down for Thanksgiving telling me that at the first start of this season, he was like, eh. But now that I've seen that episode, oh, yeah, those pale in comparison. Oh, right. Right. I was actually in... I mean, I was hanging in there, no doubt, and I liked the episode one of season two, but then I was almost like, I was almost getting bored with it up until this episode, and I'm like, this one definitely reeled me back in. Um, yeah, and one thing I failed to mention to bring up that I thought was really neat about this show, when we were talking about the behind the scenes thing, um, they, the, as far as I know, they've never done this before with any other show, but... They shoot the whole show on this game engine technology, uh, and they call it what was it pre VR or what was it they called it pre visuals pre pre vis pre vis yeah, yeah they call it pre vis, and they do the whole show without actors like well all, all in CG right they have actors. Kind of like a, a glorified storyboard, but with movie. very glorified. Yeah. But it's yeah. a whole finished product, and then they bring in the people and shoot it. And I'm like, dude, they need to release that. <laughs> yeah, because it'd be yeah. like an alternate version of it. Because it, it looks like you're watching a Star Wars game, but it's an episode of The Mandalorian. Right. I mean, it doesn't look like that'd be cool. If they as good that. as you know what we see, but still, it's cool. Like yeah, it'd be cool. I'd, to, I'd watch it. It'll be real cool if they release something like that. But you know, speaking of the whole Star Wars universe, if you, if you, I think with this episode, if you haven't watched any of the Clone Wars cartoon series, you definitely want to uh, to watch that before this episode. But even their cartoons like uh, Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars, um, the Clone Wars, 
They're like um, they're canon, you know. Mm-hmm. At this point, uh, Disney owns them all, but um, they're they're just like what you mentioned. And, you know, they're such a great part of the story that in some parts they're better than an actual feature film. Um, they're just as good, I think. And I'm not a big cartoon watcher. I don't watch a lot of cartoons, but those I'm like I've seen them all. I haven't really. seen any of them, but I've heard. The, the, the new one is the, called Rebels. The Resistance is that what it's called? Well, the, I heard that one's heard that one's good. Well, that's the only one I haven't seen yet. I've seen like two or three episodes of it, but I haven't watched the whole season. But I have watched all of Star Wars Rebels. Um, you would like Star Wars Rebels because, uh, um, you know, the scene in Solo at the end where you see uh, Darth Maul. Um, well, that was. That was all actually laid out in Star Wars uh, Rebels. Yeah. So um, if you didn't see that coming in, in in the movie Solo, you would have if you had, had watched uh, the the Rebels cartoons. Somebody told me that Darth Maul's brother is in the Clone Wars, and he looks a lot like him. Yeah, he is. Okay, I've seen that episode. Darth Maul is my favorite Star Wars character. So it, when I saw gives, him, in, um, he gives Darth Maul a good origin story too. If you haven't seen those episodes. I was super stoked to see him in Solo, and then I was bummed to find out that that Solo did so badly that they just decided to go in a different direction. If you have a hunger for more Darth Vader, if there's not enough Darth Vader for you in any of the series... There's never enough Darth Vader. You have to watch uh, the Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. There's plenty of Darth Vader. I can definitely get my feel of Anakin pre-Darth Vader. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, but anyway, we need to get to the 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 nitty gritty here. We haven't even haven't even got to our main topics. Why I'm here? I want to know everything about everything. <laughs> Hope you got a few extra minutes. All right. So when a mommy, <laughs> when a, a man loves a woman, <laughs> loves each other very much. Uh, no, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll start off by saying this: you guys have definitely, and I mean, you guys, seeking seven. You've really proven the rule that the place to be in music nowadays is a strong presence on YouTube. There's people out there, and I can finally attest to this firsthand, because we finally, after 20 years, did an official video ourselves. Um, There's people out there that aren't going to go to iTunes and buy your music. They're not going to probably go to a show, but almost... Anybody, if you tell them about a band, they'll go on YouTube and look them up. Right. And if there's an official video there, they're going to click it, and that's how they're going to hear your music. I think and we, if they go back to hear the song again, they're probably going to play the video again. I think we have to accept the reality that for a lot of people, the only way they're going to ever know you is through some form of internet presence. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, and it's got a much wider reach than your local rock shows. Um, I was actually looking through um, our analyticals and YouTube, I believe it was, um, about who's actually watching our video. And there was pings from Australia, pings from Russia, um, pings from the the Netherlands, which I thought that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know... Playing bash at the birch would never get me a reach like that. You <laughs> no. know, uh, so that's really cool, and that's kind of been my for a really long time now, and I haven't even done it to through fruition yet. Um, my, uh, I guess my uh, 
my plan in the beginning was to uh, our strategy even was a, a, a better uh, internet presence and I think that's uh, just where everything is headed and um, and uh, I even want to do something that sounds really crazy I want to go back to all our earlier earlier releases like on the surface and uh, chaos and in in film videos for those songs absolutely uh, i don't do think it. it's too late i know that we're a long way from those releases but i think they need to be out there i really hope that when someone types seeking seven into their browser that everything that pops up is really good quality stuff not not just uh you know somebody filming with their a terrible LG phone or something at a, <laughs> at a show where the, the volume is distorting. You can't really get a good idea of what's actually going on. And, oh, and by the way, I've got the LG phone company on the line right now. They are really. not happy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, to your point, that that's definitely, and again, I can finally attest to that firsthand, that we have something of quality out there. It, it makes all the difference in the world because obviously if somebody records something with a cell phone and slaps it on YouTube, you're not going to get good quality visually or audibly. And so it's destined to be a bad impression. Right. And then there's so many other bands out there. They just, you know, pass, pass on. But if they see something good right. and there's such a visual now, like it's not just, Hey, I want to go hear this band. Like it's, it's really everybody nowadays is going to YouTube and they're saying, check out this band they're not going to spotify first right they're going to youtube and they mm-hmm. pull it up and they watch the video yeah and like i said if you've got an official video which now y'all have what five? Oh, not that many you did the one the first one was a long, long way. way and then we did one for uh, uh crucified the one in the theater that's crucified yeah okay and then we got this one so this is our third y'all got a lot of good quality stuff out there though other than your official videos of like Cause y'all, you do everything yourself, don't you? Yeah, we always been a DIY band, and it sucks and it has its advantages and disadvantages. Um, you know, I don't have a huge budget, so we have to do what we got, what we can with what we got. Um, but uh, everything we do is is with full of great intentions and heart. And you know, there's there's other bands out there that got that they they have a lot more money and a much bigger budget than we do, obviously. But um, I'm happy with the quality that we have been able to produce on the budget that we have. Um, it would be nice to have a big budget and, and hire in the pros to come in and take over. And but the, the realistic of it is, is like um, you know, um, at the end of the day, I think that I'm much more proud of what I have. Oh yeah, because it. it it came from, I mean... Your own sweat and blood. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing... Here, I guess here's my meter stick, if that makes any sense. Um, is that other local bands that do it themselves, you know, you know, what we do through hard work compared to the quality of work that they're putting out, it's either one of two things. Most of them don't put out anything because they, they're... They're putting the band together and just waiting for a band, for a company or something to come and sign them so they can do all the work. Or they want to sign with some management company to do the work for them. And the reality of it is, is that I've always been up to the mindset that if it's going to be done, it's because I did it. 
Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and wait on somebody. To you got to take me. matters into your own hands. Exactly. Absolutely. That's the only way it's going to happen. That, that magic um, dream of just playing in your garage and then a record exec shows up those and hands you a million. Those have been gone. Yeah. And what's funny is that what you're doing with your videos and your own recordings and DIY, the quote unquote big bands are doing that now too. They're not, there's not a label walking up a label exec saying, here's a million dollars, go shoot your video at so-and-so location. And we've got Harley Davidson's coming and helicopters with cameras. That doesn't happen. They, they're doing their videos the same way you are. Not, Not only does that the whole world, not exist anywhere anywhere there's there's not an mtv to speak of to break these videos Mm-mm. so there's no budget to make them um so even big record companies are not you know fronting the money for for videos if videos are getting done the bands are paying for them oh yeah and uh that's just the way it and is and the albums and i say all that to say this and that i guess to any up and coming band if you're putting a band together and you got some friends in a garage and y'all woodshedding, um, here's here's the advice that I give you: do the work, do the work yourself, and cut out that middleman, because, um, you know, if if anything's gonna anyone's gonna put their heart into it, you are, because it's your project. Uh, another party's not gonna come in and put the same amount of heart that you have. In your own project, so yeah, and take CK7 for an example. Um, I could imagine, I've never asked you this before, but I would assume you've, you've got asked me a lot, yeah, you've got to the point to where who needs them. You would, I would imagine, you would have to have a pretty, pretty sweet offer to turn this over to a label at this point. Like, I you think that's because you've got to the point you just don't need them. And if someone walked up and said, Hey, we want to sign Seeking Seven, I imagine you'd be extremely reluctant and maybe probably even just be like, I'm good. Uh, I'm, what can you do for me that I'm not doing myself already? Well, it's funny because I've done that same, I've done that very thing. Um, the last time I number put a number to it, it was 11. Somewhere at home in a drawer, I have 11 record label or publishing contracts that were sent to me and offered to me. And I've turned every one of them down. And Did I'll, you do like airheads and wipe your ass with any of them? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> that made no, a good video. <laughs> they, they all mean something to me. I couldn't accept the offer. And here's why. They, they were all written the same way. You come to my studio. You work with my producer. And we're going to bill you for it but not make you pay for it up front. Then we're gonna own all your music, yeah, and publish it for you, and then we're gonna let you have a photo shoot with my photographer, and then we're gonna put your record out. Well, I'm asking this. I'm like, well, how are you gonna sell the record? Do you have a PR specialist on board? Well, then crickets at that point. Yeah, what's your marketing campaign? Yeah, uh, I, what about a booking agency? Like, marketing? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> I was like, everything that you mentioned, I can do myself. Oh yeah, and that's the thing is I can record these CDs myself. I can produce them myself. I can do a, a pretty dang good photo shoot myself. I can do all these things myself. What I can't do is the PR work, and I can't do the booking agency work. So if you can offer me those two things, then I will give up the ownership of my songs possibly. So offer me one of those deals. Offer me to do something that I can't do. Yeah. And no one, that's just not an offer they're willing to give. 
And uh, so, no, I haven't been able to successfully negotiate a deal because I'm looking for a contract for someone. If I'm going to give up the ownership to my own songs that I write, then you better be offering me something that I can't do. And uh, and I just no one's presented me with an offer. Well, nowadays, uh, what's left of record labels has devolved into glorified banks where they basically just give you a loan. That's basically what they do. They look at your band and they listen to your music and they go, we project you'll sell this many records Mm -hmm. and you'll make us X amount of money. So we will loan you that based on that, you know, analytic that we did. Right. And but you pay it all back with interest, and we own all your shit. Right, and they own your publishing. That's the yeah. big thing. And um, uh, but that was in the, Negan is even more reasonable than that. <laughs> that that was in a day when CDs actually sell. But what has killed that? The streaming services. Mm. The streaming services, which is a whole new conversation on its own. But uh, any chance of you actually selling a CD is because you are really, excuse my French. You kicked ass at a show, mm-hmm. and you moved someone to want to buy your CD at a show, um, or you got a close friend and family that wants to support you. Uh, selling CDs beyond that, this day and age, is pretty much gone because yeah. anybody and everybody can invest zero dollars by just looking you up on Spotify and YouTube or wherever. Yeah, and the way Spotify, and I, I, I know it, every time I talk about Spotify as an artist. It's different as how I talk about it as a as a user of Spotify, yep. because uh, they say they pay you, but I mean, is that really? Because <laughs> basically, what it is is, from what I understand, the way it works is people that aren't Spotify subscribers hear commercials, and so they say, okay, well, if they're going to listen to your music and they hear our commercial, you get uh, a tiny little shred of copper off the pennies on the dollar of the, yeah. the advertising but dude I'm not even exaggerating like you if you get a million plays you might get a dollar um, I actually got a number the other day um, I can pull it up here I'll show it to you offline but um, I think it was point zero 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 three zeros <laughs> point zero 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 four 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 nine 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 of a cent when somebody listens to your song per song um we were right at a hundred thousand plays on spotify and i had a check for a dollar 49 cents swimming pools (laughs) movie movie stars stars. and that was uh, that was an accumulation of i think um two years two years yeah yeah i remember on itunes um well, we go through CD Baby that yeah. kind of takes care of all of our streaming services. Like That's where I pulled these analysts. Um, yeah, it's so much easier to go through somebody that does that for you because they'll put your music out in places you didn't even know about. Like, I didn't even know Napster was still a thing, but yeah. evidently we're somehow on Napster. Like the legal Napster, I guess. Anyway. He's <laughs> um, ironically owned by the same guy that owns Spotify. <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, do people still still do that? But anyway, you can, you can adjust how much you want your royalty check to be. It's like, don't cut me a check until it's X amount. Right. Like, and yeah. you can set that to what it like, send me a check every time I get a dollar or send me a check every time I get a hundred. And I set mine so high that, and we sell so little that I forget. <laughs> like I'll get like once a year, I'll get a check in the mail and I'll be like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Some people buy stuff. I think mine set <laughs> It's to even like, happening less and less. Um, I think mine set to 50. Uh, so they they release a 
They release release funds every 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 time I count makes it up to fifty dollars. And for a, a little while there, I was getting about. I mean, this is this is years ago now though. Uh, I was getting about fifty dollars a month. Um, so I'm like, well, I guess it ain't too bad. Now I get about fifty dollars a year. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? it's it's non-existent. I remember yeah. back when the iTunes thing was still people were still paying a dollar for a song, and they'd pay nine ninety nine for your album. Uh, you know, here and there, which you know, you only get forty percent of that. Right. And we had that white van. This is a lot like your van, the one you have now. And we were doing a lot of shows, but it cost like eighty bucks to fill the van up with gas. I and I got a royalty check in the mail, cashed it, and filled up the van and kept going. Yeah. <laughs> so like we, we got a tank of gas out for of, uh, our, out of all your no, thousands of people buying our music. It's it's pretty sad, but the upside was you know the shows and thanks to COVID nineteen yeah and which y'all have actually been pretty fortunate yeah. y'all stayed compared to most local bands I mean dude. This will be this show coming up will be like the third show in 2020 that Kill J's played, maybe well, the fourth. Y'all stayed somewhat steady for a band that's in a pandemic. True, however, comma slash, you're talking to a guy that will book four days a week yeah. for a year. Yeah. So no, my tempo that I'm used to is is all but gone and. So, 2020 was supposed to be a, a grand year for us. I mean, the gigs that I've been spending a lifetime literally to nail down, I finally got, like Market Street Festival, Bill Street Music Festival. The, all these things were supposed to happen this year. Mm. And uh, none of them did. The Railroad Festival, I mean, none of these. Uh, yeah. Every gig. We even I got think, shut, shut down for Cruz and Amory the day before. Yeah, the day, and that's what's been a common thread as well, is a lot of these gigs were canceled like the day before or the week, the week of. And that's that's when it really hurts because you're like, well, even though COVID is going on, I still got this gig. Yeah. And the week of, it gets swept out from under your feet and you're like... Dude, I, exactly. Tough, I was so excited because of that reason about Cruz and Amory. I was like, finally... We get to go play a show, and it's in our hometown. Go ahead and hit the bell for a second. Okay. So when Cruz and Amory got canceled, we decided to do a virtual show, which is online now. And you could go to YouTube, and you can watch Kill J play the night of that was supposed to have been the Cruz and Amory show. So go to the YouTube channel, uh, Rastafarian Records, and... Uh, or just search Kill J live in, uh, in YouTube, and you'll see that show. I really had fun doing that, too. That it was, was so much fun. It really was. Which, just a little earmark, remind me to ask you a question about YouTube when we get done, because I'm stupid with technology, ironically. Me too, but... Because well, I deal in technology a lot, but there's certain... Like, I'm, a, I'm this new Facebook interface has just got me, like, Maybe the two so guys upset. in the same room and cancel each other I'm out. so <laughs> upset that Facebook changed everything. Like, right when I figured out how to, like... Because I've got my personal accounts, and then I've got, like, my business accounts, such as Kill J and Roll Pop Culture, and... And all that, and, and I'm like, I got it figured out how to do it on the computer, which I prefer. I'm old school, do it on my phone, and then they changed everything. Yeah, nothing's the same. It's like a whole new ball game, and I'm mm -hmm. like, ugh. Yeah. It's like, all right. And it's, it's it changed for the worse. I mean, now you can't even put um, music on. Um, Is that so? Could you? How did you do it before? 
Well, you can't on YouTube. You can't on Facebook. Oh. Yeah. Well, most people just put it on YouTube and then do the li- you yeah, know, yeah, post. You can still do that. You yeah. can still do that. You can't do a video for listening, music listening experience on Facebook no more as of October 1st. Wow. Yeah, really close. Yeah, and the way their algorithm is set up, they drive you towards wanting, they want, more or less, that they want you to pay right. to juice your posts. And, you know, we could talk about the benefit and downside of that, um, but... Yeah, it's like um, there is a real pop culture page out there just called Jon Snow now because they didn't want us to be a personal page. They wanted us to be a business page. So they forced me to change the name mm-hmm. to a actual person's, quote-unquote, person's name. But And so now we have a, a page page. But the reason they wanted that page page is because if we want right. people to see our posts, we got to we got to pay them. Yep. Even, oh, wow. even the people that you, that already follow you. So say that five thousand people follow you, it's going to send to less than five percent of your five thousand followers. There's only one way still around that loophole, but you work hard already, as hard enough as it is, to get followers. Just mm-hmm. to get someone to hit like, you know, that's hard enough. But they have to go into the settings of said page and click see first. Because then, if you click C first, then you bypass that 5%. Damn it, see? I didn't know that. Right. And I'm going to go click C first on a lot of stuff. Because right. I finally watched enough cat videos. Well, if you, if you, <laughs> <laughs> you see where I'm going if, with this? If you like a page, if you, it defaults to not. It doesn't default to C first. You actually have to go in there and tell it. And they did that by design. And, uh, and yeah, so I think that's really, really, really crummy. It's a, it's a very manipulative way, way for um, Facebook to squeeze money out of broke bands, you know, because I think I worked really hard to get $5,000, 5,000, excuse me, 5,000 followers on Facebook, but when I put a post up, it only goes they to only, 5%. They don't see them, yeah. Exactly. See, I, I need to go in on some bands and stuff that I like. And just say C, C first. C first, and then you again. I didn't even know that. I bet a lot of people don't know that. Right. But so uh, like I, I, I went out of my to, way to make sure that if there's something I see that I like to mm-hmm. click like, because it seems like I see more of that. Right. For example, Shane posts a lot of funny shit. Well, I like seeing funny shit, so I clicked like on everything. So I see almost everything he that's posts. That's the algorithm jumping in. So yeah. That's not actually a C first thing. Uh, now it works different for for uh, personal profiles than it does for pages. Pages is where it is. It, so it doesn't limit your personal fo- profile. Uh, now the algorithm takes over, where the people that are uh, I don't know uh, liking more of your stuff that they're closer followers, so they're going to get it for sure. But the people who probably ignore or, or don't get on Facebook often. They probably won't won't even see it unless they actually click on your name. Um, but they're you know, it's 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 just a crummy way I think that they uh, um, manipulated. I know, and what sucks about it is like good luck promoting something without it. You know, right? I mean, and you look at your what are you gonna do? Hang flowers? Well, you need a permit to put that here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it really has you know. What was supposed to have been a, a tool that we didn't have before is now being restricted uh, to the point where it's not usable. 
And you're right. You, you look at your alternatives. Like, I wanted to phase out social media altogether, but I couldn't. It's, like it's a necessary trapped. evil. You can't. Yeah. And... Uh, so you know that's the reason we are having a uh, we're, we're switching gears we're, we're focusing more on YouTube than we are Facebook and uh, Twitter and um, well it's, it's working for you I mean I've seen your numbers it's doing these videos and learning your craft on how to record them and promote them I mean the numbers don't lie and uh, it's, it's definitely you're doing something right well the whole reason that we try to f- at least figure it out is because I think and it, and it's hard for me to say this without sounding a- uh, arrogant I like so many local bands I like so much original music and I I know that we're not the best band and we're not trying to be the best band we're not we're we're not trying to be better than anyone else but I know that we got something and when you got something it's worth investing into yeah and uh so I look back at the albums that we put out. I look at I look forward into this new album that we're that we're dropping soon, and I'm really proud of it. And I'm proud of it not just because I made it, but I think it I think it's something. Um, and I don't want to I don't want to put it on the proverbial shelf and just let it collect dust. I mean, um, I mean I want it out there and I want people to hear it. You know, and it, it's a shame to. To, to I mean, have you ever like watched a movie that's really old, and you look, well, how did I miss this? I never heard heard of this movie before. You know, that's the that's the sad part of a band. I think is like when you find something you really like, and they've been around for years, and you think, well, how did I miss this? I I can give you a great example of that. Um, my girlfriend sent me a song from this band, and I was like, dude, this song is awesome. So, obviously, I went and checked the band out. I was like, man, this whole album's good. And I was like, oh, wait, they got another album out. Go and check that album out. It's even better than that one. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I've got this new band that I can add to my, you know, bands that I like. Because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a seeker of good music. Right. I, I seek it out. Let me guess. Let me finish your story. Of course, you go into details. But I bet you looked said band up and they were broken up. In 2009, bro. <laughs> They broke up in 2009, and they were good, good, good. good. Like, really good. I'll, I'll send you, I'll let you listen to some yeah. later. And you'll agree 100. You'll be like, how did we miss this? And I'm like, it's, yeah. it's the nature of the business, man. It's, yeah. <laughs> so many good bands are never going to get discovered or, or have the opportunity, and it just doesn't happen. Right. You know, there's... It can be discouraging, but one thing I wanted to talk about kind of on the upside is, you know, we've talked about the woes and hardships in live music with COVID-19, but are there, from your perspective, and I can almost answer this for you, but I'll let you elaborate, what are the advantages of being at home in quarantine, trying to record a record, trying to record videos, and trying to learn how to produce it all and and make it happen well the biggest thing is that you have time to do it exactly and that's something that i didn't have uh and a lot of bands don't have you wonder in back in the day why did it take bands two or three years between records yeah because they're touring i mean i was at one time playing four shows a night and keeping a day job eight hours a day five days a week but yet, I didn't skip a beat or miss a day of work. And 
I know. I've had you on the the podcast going, dude, how are are you functioning? I mean, like, seriously, I don't, I don't get it. Like, how? People would look at me and say, why, why hasn't season seven put out a new album? And I'm like, well, that's easy. I didn't have time to do one. Uh, But um, I had a vision back before the year began, before 2020 began. And if there is a silver lining is COVID has allowed me to, to execute those things, I mean to complete your vision. Well, I was I was talking to Dell Jones on his radio show when we wrote um, "What Few Remain." We wrote a whole album. We we demoed twenty six songs. We recorded seventeen, and we picked twelve. Well, once I started uh, whittling on these twelve, we recorded all twelve, um, and with the fine tooth comb might I add and then um, because of the shape of the economy and the way that streaming changes things I had a bright idea to split it up into two EPs and then marry the two later into one album later so I already had all the songs not just written but they were all recorded they were done have you told the story of that on the show I know you've told me I don't know Maybe uh, well, go ahead briefly, because I think that's well, genius, even with the visual of how you're going to do the, the covers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I hope people figured that out without me telling them. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it's cool. Pay no attention to that. <laughs> but um, Ignore that last part. But we wrote the whole album and recorded the whole album, but I only released volume one. Well, thanks to COVID throwing a, you know, a, a wrench in the spokes here, is um, I had time to write new songs and new music. And just out of nowhere, I wrote all these new songs, demoed them in like a weekend. And uh, I looked, sit back, and I realized that's it. That's volume two. That that other stuff I wrote, the stuff that those other six songs that made the volume two. So there's a whole Seeking Seven album that will probably never get released. I mean, uh, who says you can't do a volume three? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> who knows? But I skipped all those songs. People like that, people like trilogies these days. You ever heard of the Rings? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a whole lot of Seeking Seven material out there. But when I've demoed this, I said, that's not Vault 2. This is. And uh, so um, we got together and recorded it in a matter of a couple weeks and then shot the video. And we in between that, we did some um, at-home in virtual type concerts so it's COVID has allowed me the time to do some of those things that I otherwise would not have time for I don't think I would have volume 2 the way it is now the way it finished if it hadn't been for COVID uh, I, I would I would not shy away from saying it's my quarantine album oh yeah but no doubt yeah definitely there's a there's there's a small silver lining when it comes to music um, is that the next year there's going to be a lot of good stuff released that bands like Seeking Seven oh, yeah. had time I, to, to like what else are you going to do I was telling somebody that the other day it's like as soon as bands figure out how to to release the new music there's going to be a surge of great music that happens within the next year or so. The only reason that's going to be delayed is that you're trying to figure out the marketing aspect of it. Yeah, because man, even with a local band, you don't you don't have to. This is true with whatever level of success you're at. You record an album, you got to go sell it. Right. 
you're not going to release an album and just sit on it and expect people to come find you and go, hey, I heard you did an album. I want to buy it. You got to go. You got to hit the road and go sell your album. I heard an algorithm from a professional touring musician that said that if you don't have four times the amount you spent on making your record to promote your record, then it's all for no, it's all for naught. Yeah, and not just the marketing. I mean, like the shows. Like you got the to touring. take it on the road. You got to. We've got this album done. Well, you got to get it on the road and get it to the people. What did I say earlier when I said that about the only way you're selling CDs is if you really do a good show. I dude, yeah. Look at your look at Kill J history. Where did y'all sell the most albums when, when we you toured it? And when we when we did a good show. Yeah. If if we showed up and had a bad day at the office and stunk up the joint, you better believe our CD sales at the merch table are going to reflect right. that. Same is true as if we were on point one night and showed up and killed it. We're there you till one records. in the morning signing, signing albums and selling same T-shirts. I've been in the same boat. I've been. It, it, it's it's so funny how Kill Jay and Seek and Seven are so much alike uh, in in that respect. But it's just the, it's just the truth of it. Um, yeah, I've paid money to go see a certain band, and the opening act was so good, I was in line at the merch table to meet them and buy their CD and get them to sign it while I was missing the band that, that I paid to, to go yeah. see. Like, if you show up and play a good show, you know, they're going to want yeah. want some of what you got. Yeah, that's, you that's show true. up and stink up the joint, they're going to be like, eh, next. Yeah. <laughs> There's too many choices out there. Someone told me that when we opened up for Puddle of Mud, they told me that. Like, Puddle of Mud's playing now, but you guys were so great, I, I wanted to wait in line over here and get your CD. That doesn't and surprise me. I was like, yeah. But I was like, well, you're not missing anything because Puddle of Mud suck. They, they were <laughs> terrible. I heard that that uh, Wes Scanton, how do you say his name? The singer? Oh, yeah. I heard he finally got his shit together, but... For a while there, it was just fun following him in the news with all the shenanigans. Well, I think what's killed him the same way that's happening in the trap, but not the same way, but similarly. But when they trolled that video of him doing the Nirvana cover, that's the end of his career. Mm. He's, you'll never you'll never hear from this guy again. <laughs> so what happened with Trapped? Oh, you never heard of that? You haven't heard of that? Mm-mm. It's worth a Google search. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well... I'll give you the short. The short is he started really trolling on his own fans. And uh, so there was like a mass exodus. And now they're like, they're, it's, it's just really bad. The, the, the lead singer apparently isn't a smart dude. Oh, we're pretty smart. We're nice to our fans. We troll them with our music. <laughs> <laughs> we're a metal band from Amory, Mississippi. We're, a, we're living trolls. <laughs> Well, we we are. We're so excited about this new record, and I think everybody has turned it up a notch um, across the room. Jake, drumming-wise, is... And then the addition of Shane, and you know all about that. Shane's in your band, too. We share a bass player, if you didn't know. I mean... uh, We share a kidney. Shane is the type of person, though, that pushes me to the next level. You know, it's like... It's like this is good, but this would be better, you know. And then, uh, yeah. and then he performed so well on the album that I was like, man, I had to go back and re-record my parts to make them, you know, as good as him. And I like someone that can push me in that direction. And we're so happy about this record. And I'm probably, I'm probably re- breaking every rule in the book 
of how to, to release it and, and doing this party in the middle of a pandemic. But we're really just, man, we're just, it's such a great record for us. And I'm so excited about getting it out. I don't really care. Um, I'm, I just want to, uh, I just want to get it out. So I don't care if I break rules. Um, so that's why we're throwing a CD release party. That's why we're, uh, where I said, you know, I don't care if we're in the pandemic. I'm, I'm inviting all our friends because one thing that we haven't had in a really long time now is a great rock show. And I'm, I, I, I held nothing back. I contacted all my friends. I had to turn a few bands away even, and that really broke my heart because we just didn't have stage time for them. But um, uh, I, I put together an incredible lineup, and it's going to be one heck of a party. And... It's going to be a night where people can let their hair down, and I think that's what we need in this time. Absolutely. And as we transition into the topic of the show, we've talked about the the album and the song that we're about to play. Why don't we take a quick break and come back and finish up talking about the show itself and uh, bring this bad boy home? All right. So uh, this is uh, our first single. There's a video out, out on, on YouTube. It's called The Drowning Within. Hope you guys dig it. Check it out.
one hitting the button, so I got to make sure my my cue is good. That was the Drowning Within by Seeking Seven. Um, you heard it here, but you definitely need to go to Seeking Seven TV. Is that the name of your YouTube yeah, channel? Seeking Seven TV. And you need to watch the video. It's really really good. And one thing we were talking about before we hit record is is when you start visualizing. Okay, I've got the song. Now I need the video. And the video needs to match the song. And I want to tell a story with the video. But you have to go through this whole process of like, you don't want to make it too complicated because you don't want to take away from the song, but you want that visual to, to bring you in, to draw you in. Yeah, well, you know, some art is a visual medium. And the greatest form of art is music. And music is not visual. So you have to be able to find a way to um, it's visually tell your story and I think that's what we went through with this um, when we're sitting down in meetings the band meetings about the treatment for the drowning within uh, it really got elaborate and I liked everything that was pitched I liked it all but when it come down to editing and, and, and shooting the video I think uh, simplicity won yeah. uh, in the form of because let, you got okay, four, you got four minutes and four seconds to tell that story. You're right. You don't have two hours. It's not a feature length film. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the, the 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 words are already spoken, so you don't have to act out the the dialogue. Right. So you just visually tell the story, which is kind of if I can say that I had a vision for the song from day one. I I think it really came full circle with the shooting of the video. Uh, it, it really turned out the way I wanted it to, and that's that's a rare thing for what what cooks up in my brain to what actually comes out at the end. There's are there are things that I would like to have done differently, uh, but I think that's in every project. But I'm really proud of, of what we did and how hard everybody worked that day. To uh, we shot that video in one day, and uh, that's um, the way to do it. I think so. Get too. in there, crush it, and get out. All right. Don't overdo it. Don't overthink it. Just, you know, if you need a day to prep for your shots, that's fine. But when everybody shows up, you know, ready to go, hit record and just crush, 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 then go home and shave your head. Right. <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> Seriously. The, is, that, is that when I, we did? I choose revenge with me with long hair. And that night I got home at like four in the morning and I was like, shave my head. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's you need to do another video now <laughs> <laughs> to grow my hair back. <laughs> no, no, it's it, it's 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 quite a. It's, it's, I enjoyed it, man. I had fun doing it because oh. I just if it's twenty years, Killjay's been together. I've never gotten to visually, in an official capacity, represent Killjay on film. Well, I, I have in the audio medium a lot. I have in the live medium mm-hmm. a lot, you know, but never that way. And it's it's fun. Uh, every artist, musician, and writer would will be lying if they didn't agree to the fact that a, a, a song's not complete until you have a video for it. Yeah, um, I, I believe that. Um, I've even wanted to go back to all our songs that we maybe at the time we're too busy or we didn't have the budget to film videos for I would like to go back to our earlier records and shoot videos for all you those You should, songs. man. Because I 
you know, you always think about stuff like this. Like you're like me, you're your creator. So you, you always want to create a thing in your head constantly. It's like, it never stops. It never stops. And I've come up with some really cool ideas for kill J videos, but we didn't have the resources or the money to do them. You pitched me one time an idea for a kill J video that I wanted to do so badly. Let me guess deal. No, it wasn't deal. It was, uh, it was infection. It was the CG work with the the uh, oh, going yeah, up and down yeah. the veins. I forgot about that. I just couldn't. I couldn't at the especially at the time. I couldn't figure out how. I and could you couldn't make pull that, that off with. It'd be hard to pull that off with makeup too. Yeah, I mean, if I was George Lucas, I could make it work. But um, uh, the, and that's such a good song, and I would hate for the video to ruin the song because I couldn't execute your dream. And it never happened because of that. But I would have. It was such a great pitch, and and the song is is to date my favorite Kill J song is Infection. I'll give you another good one. Uh, the late great Barry Sims, R.I.P. He laid out in great detail the video he had envisioned for Rangdown. Yeah. Like, and I remember every bit of it. And even though Rangdown's been out for forever and a day. I one of these days I'd love to go back and just see if I can complete his vision. Yeah, I mean, and then I mean, here's my here's here's what the way I talk myself into it at least is uh, who says you can't? I mean, I mean, society tells me that I can't go back to those early albums and shoot videos too. Uh, the industry tells me I can't do that, but um, why can't you? I mean, why can't you shoot that rain down video? At, I with, mean, with, the with sky's Barry, the limit. With berries, yeah. you know, I dream. Well, let me just, let me ask you this, um, because my perspective and my relationship with my early recordings has changed, and I want to see if if you are the same way. When we first did like the Something More album, yeah, like I was so married to it, and like it was so much a part of my life and my identity and like all my money was tied into it. My focus was tied into it. And it was, and I was like, ah, oh, this is my baby. And then years and years went by and we evolved and got, right. you know, hopefully better. Yeah. And then you look, you go through this phase where you look back on it and like, I don't, I don't want to say disgust, but you're like, ah, oh, we could have done this better. We could have done that right. better. Like every artist goes through that, that I've ever talked to. But then if you wait a little, a few more years longer, you go, you know what? It's like a picture. Right. That was a snapshot of where we were exactly. then. And I, you know what? Damn it. I'm proud of the something. I, I mean, it's, day, it's cute. The day that <laughs> it's adorable. The day in 1991. Look at you trying to be a CD. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the day in 1991 when you chose your wardrobe, it was the coolest thing that you had in your closet. And you oh, had yeah. a picture taken. Vision streetwear pants. Exactly. Now it is, you know, 2000. In, uh, Converse. 2020. And you're looking back at these old photos and you're thinking, what was I thinking to wear that that day? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's so many There's so many obstacles that you just at least have to consider. For one is the technology has changed so much is like what you could afford to do today or or excuse me back then to compared to what you can afford to do today production wise um 
It's astronomical. I mean, I think of when we recorded the Kill J. White album. I was heavily involved in that. And I was... You I were to, that. <laughs> I, had to, I had the latest gear of the day that, that I could afford. And to look back at that and see what I have in my home studio now compared to what I had then. Um, yeah, part of me goes, man, I could go back and re-record that and it would be so much better. But the question is, will it be better? Because there was... Everything plays a role. It's like um, the attitude you had, the mood you were in, the, the, the time, the excitement that you had of the, that day doesn't exist now. Yeah. The insight that you didn't have then played a role in how excited you were to be making an album. You know, um, I couldn't recreate, recreate that if I tried. And uh, so that's what makes those old records really special it's because you, you can look past the flaws at yeah. some point and find like for me one thing I just rediscovered on those old recordings is my phrasing like I didn't know what I was doing but it worked yeah and I'm not saying I know what I'm doing now but I've had professional vocal training and now and there's things I would never do yeah. now that I did then but it made it unique and mm-hmm. it, I was like I, I should start doing that again Mm-hmm. Like there's things that I would definitely do different, but there's also some things that I could learn from, you know, Mark of 25 years ago. Absolutely. Uh, well, the same thing with me too. is like, um, a lot of the things, especially when it comes to phrasing that I learned, it wasn't because someone set me down and said, Hey Rob, this is what you're doing wrong. Or this is what you should try. It was something that I figured out. Mm. And uh, and it was a unique way that even one of our producers in the early days, Travis Wyrick, he was showing me without telling me. Um, and and then I didn't figure out until after the fact, like after the record was already done. I'm like, oh, now I get the it. bright light turns <laughs> on. I, oh, I see what he was telling me. I see what he's showing me now. And uh, again, that's experience and insight. And there's something. Like, you know, I hear people say this all the time. It's not success that makes it great. It's the journey. You know, there's something about your, uh, that moment in time, the excitement, the, um, the inexperience that makes that record great. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask me, you know, um, so, you know, the thing is, if I were today, and I'm not opposed to doing this, by the way, so the offer's on the table. If we crank up and re-record the White Album, <laughs> like every song that's on the White Album. There's so many people listening if, to this going, what the hell if, is the White? Didn't the Beatles release it? Oh, first of all, let me tell you why we called it the White Album. Because we didn't have any money. And we didn't want to use our color printer to print the the, the, the label the, the so CD we made cover. it black and white it was like a white cover and it just said kill J in black so naturally <laughs> so we the, called it the white the album white because album. we didn't want to use up all our ink exactly that's what we were making all our own stuff <laughs> oh everything was we were burning our own CDs we're putting our own labels on them and yeah if I had it to do I mean if we if we started over and said let's re-record every song on the white album it would be 
a killer record, but it wouldn't be the White Album. Yeah. And and I would not be surprised if someone says, I don't like it. I like the original. <laughs> I like the original better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Kill J before they sold out. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? Before they found Pro Tools. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? I didn't sell out. If you can look at what car I'm driving and see that's true. <laughs> Man, the biggest thing you can do when you release a new, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but like every band starts thinking about the CD release party while they're doing the CD. Because that's the, that's like the WrestleMania, that's the Super Bowl of the CD. Right. That's when you debut it to everybody, your friends, your family, your fans. Um I Talk like- to me about this, this CD release party coming up. I'm so excited about it. One, because I'm just excited to get a physical copy of the album. You know, I've bought all of the Signet 7 albums. I, I have uh, What Few Remain Volume 1 in my truck right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh. I bought it from you in Memphis at that show we did. You I remember? remember that. You tried time. to give yes. it to me, and I was like, I, no, I no, no. Like, I was like, you're Mark fucking clean. <laughs> <laughs> you're not buying my CD. I was like, yes, I am. You, you And you did. Uh, oh. And I can't wait to get this one. And the other aspect, selfishly, I just can't wait to get on a damn stage in front of people and play a damn show. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Now, something that I've never been able to accomplish that happened uh, to happen this time is I haven't been able to actually um, plan a CD release party and the actual release of the album on the same day. Yeah. Uh, so well, it's hard to do because there's a lot of variables. And what I've done, minus this song that you can get now on YouTube, uh, "The Drowning Within," I've been, I've done a really, really good job of keeping this thing hush hush. So there's been no leakage that that I'm aware of. So, um, um, and I I didn't even, in my opinion, I didn't even choose the best song for the first video. So. <laughs> Um, but no, that's one thing about the party that I'm excited about. It is the actual first day that the album is going on sale. It's not going to release on uh, Spotify or any of the. It's going to be released that day. So uh, no one's. And, and here's the other thing that I've never been able to do, uh, for whatever reason, is that our set list for that night is the entire album. You just read my mind. My, I swear to you, my next question was going to be. Yeah. How do you pick your set list for your CD release party? Because you want to showcase the new songs. New songs. Obviously, that's why we're here. But you also want to hit the classics that everybody wants to right. hear. And it's so such a hard thing to do. Dude, I hate making out set lists. And the more albums you have under your belt, the, the harder, harder it is. is. Because right. you're like, oh, what about this song? What about yeah. this song? Yeah. But, I mean, and there's no way on earth that um, I'm going to do a... I, everybody, I've even heard someone say this. Well, your CD release is about you and your band. I'm like, well, no, is it really? No, it's about our friends that help us get here. So, I mean, I immediately, you were the first person I called. I was like, Kill J has to be a part of this. Uh, and then uh, we recently, uh, or we connected with our great friends. And, you know, I always said that Jackson, Tennessee is like our, our we, we feel more at home in Jackson than we do in Tupelo sometimes because they really have took us in. So our friends from Jackson, Cage and Elliot's coming down. And then um, our, our really good friends that we just played a show with not that long ago that we had to jump on stage with us uh, via Novus. Um, 
Um, we love those guys. Those those guys. There was an immediate connection. We felt like we'd known each other for years, and I just met them that night. Um, there's so many other bands. Uh, Affliction of, of the Absence is going to be with us again. All our best friends. Oh, really? Are. I didn't know Affliction was going to be yeah. there. So it's going to be was five that on bands. the flyer? Let's be. Yeah, it's on the flyer. Five bands, ten dollar cover. You can't beat it. It's going to be the new album by Sick and Seven plus Kill J, Cajun Elliot, Via Novus, Affliction of Absent. It's going to be one. I mean, it's the thing is we've been neglected of having any rock shows since February. And now here's one that has all the best bands in one night. And I'll say some really two things really cool about this venue is one, we're not really restricted by time. So if you, you really stack the deck on this, and but you've got time to let it breathe. It's like hurry up, get on stage, you got twenty minutes, six songs, get off, call next man, next man. Like you can kind of you can have that moment to breathe. Yeah. And two, it's such a big open room. And this is going back to, you know, the COVID stuff we talked about. If you don't feel comfortable being close to people, there is, this is almost an outside show, but it's inside. This room is huge. You can easily socially distance with your mask on and feel comfortable. it wasn't my first choice venue, however, comma, slash, it's the perfect venue. Because I knew it's wintertime, so I knew I couldn't be outside. Yeah. And I knew I had to have a room that was big enough. And the staff at, at, at VFW was just so accommodating. And, and now they are, they're even now. Um, and I can't fail to mention this. I'll, I'll be amiss if I did. But uh, our main sponsor for the evening is um, uh, Madhouse Inc., and their uh, their party uh, madhouse bus is going to be on location that night. Um, so their staff, Justice and Ty, uh, or will be actually doing tattoos on site in their bus. And they're they're like licensed uh, on the state, so they can literally take their bus anywhere in the state. And I've been on board this bus before. It is legit. I haven't seen it, but I've seen. Dude, it's it tight. Looks, it looks amazing. It so, is tight. Like I'm talking about hardwood floors. Mm-hmm. Like the, all the chairs are matching. All the machines are clean and sterile. And this like sometimes if you think like tattoo bus. You're like <laughs> you're thinking. You're thinking about the yeah. buses I used to go get tattoos in, which were a little shady. But no, this this is legit. This yeah. is nicer than a majority of the tattoo parlors I've been in. And if absolutely, you, if you've seen my arms lately, you'll know I've been in a few. And their work is just it's indescribable. Yeah. How amazing their art is is really really good. Uh, so we're happy to have them sponsor us. Then there then the staff at the VFW in the big open room, plenty plenty of room to social distance and uh so this is going to be one heck of a night it's going to be the biggest night of the year and i can easily say that because of covid but this is going <laughs> yeah. to be oh the uh, yeah you're right i agree night of the year you don't want to miss this you gave the uh you played the commercial in the first break right and that was the first time i'd heard it and kudos is a great commercial but i had it like a spit out your beer moment <laughs> Because I was taking a gulp of beer, and you were like, uh, what did you say? Local. Local legends. <laughs> local <kill me>. legends. <laughs> like, if I was a legend, my back wouldn't hurt as bad as it are, did. Mark. My yeah. knees wouldn't click when I walk. <laughs> yeah. I've been putting rough for a damn legend. Old. Legend doesn't mean old. <laughs> the thing is, it's like, um, Kill J is that tree that has withstand, withstood every storm that has wiped out so many other bands the one the one that everybody wants to cut down 
<laughs> we need to get no, rid of that tree. Really, it looks no. horrible. But yeah, it's, it's it's there. I mean, you're 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 an inspiration to me. Uh, you're, you're an inspiration to so many more that you 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 don't see, and you are. You guys are legends, uh, no doubt. I, I say that without hesitation. Well. I'm not good at anything else, including this, and I'm really stubborn. So that's all you need. Just don't yeah. quit. Yeah. Everybody else will eventually. That's what. The Just lyric, wait them all out. <laughs> the lyric was for me, not for you. But in uh, the lyric and the drowning within it says, "I survive by never knowing when to break," mm. and that's that's why I'm still here is because I'm too stubborn to break. I'm too. When you love it more than you love money, when you love it. More than you love money, you'll still be here, whether you make money or not. True words have never been spoken. And I have to quote the late, great Bobby Plaxico. He made a statement to me one time that I didn't get when he said it. It took me a little while later for it to make sense. But we were backstage at the New Daisy Theater fixing to play a show and... I think there was another big show going on in town that night, and so I wasn't expecting a d- good turnout. And uh, he was like, man, this is going to be an awesome show. I was like, yeah, ain't nobody going to be here. And he goes, dude, I play music for selfish reasons. Yeah. And I was like, huh. And it just didn't set in. And then later I was like, oh. What he meant was, you got to do it for you and hope everybody else likes it. And if they don't, you're still okay because you made you happy. Exactly. Like I want everybody in the world to listen to kill J. Right. But a lot of them aren't going to, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But like when I go to release a record or a video or a, you know, a song, I want it to be so good that if nobody likes it, I'm okay with that. Well, I think true writers, true writers, they write about themselves and to a certain degree. If they're not writing about themselves, they're writing writing about something super personal. And if it's personal to you, you can't have you can't you can't have an expectation that it's gonna be personal to somebody else. So if your band ever got any acknowledgement whatsoever, consider yourself lucky. Because <laughs> that is so weird, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> you're lucky you, nobody listens to your music. <laughs> consider yourself lucky because you know it doesn't matter if it connects with someone else or not because the, it wasn't about that. It was about you letting out. But when it happens, you love it. Of course, like, it's great. That's the, that's the that's the perk, I guess you can will. But when it becomes the expectation, yeah, you, that's you, you the problem. Yeah. Because then you try to please everybody, and everybody's different. Exactly. How's that even possible? Yeah. And I think I think artists become artists when they finally an artist for themselves. Yeah. And not for the notoriety. But what's what's so weird about it is most artists seek that approval secretly or openly. Right. They do seek that approval, but to be a true artist, you have to be where you're not that way. Exactly. So <laughs> you're forever conflicted. Forever. Basically, what I'm trying to say is we're all, all of us artists are crazy, okay? We're if, insane. <laughs> if I can put it, if, here's this thing, is an artist needs your approval, whether you think so or not. So if you're a fan, let them know you're a fan. If you think it rocks, let them know it rocks. But you as an artist, don't expect any approval. Yeah. Because it, 
The only approval it needs is your own. And have thick skin. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of haters out there on the internet. This this day, especially, you know, the thing is, is like, um, back in the day, it's like you can have a ton of haters, but they wouldn't say it out loud. Or they oh, nowadays they'll let you, they'll let you know more of the so oh, yeah. the people that like it. Matter of fact, more you hear more negative than you hear positive. Although I gotta say, knock on wood, so far, um, which y'all's y'all's numbers are are eclipsing ours in a lot of ways, but. Our ratio from likes to dislikes is not bad. It's, it's like a hundred to one. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I think because the haters are usually louder than the likers. Oh, you know? I, I know that I watch some videos, and and I think this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's great in every way, and I would just be blown away. And I look, and it has something. I don't know. I'm making these numbers up, but I only had like 13 million views. Yeah, and I'm like, well, oh, that's cool. But then they'll have like three thousand likes, three k dislikes. But I'm well, like, another, I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, you gotta. How could three thousand people not like this? This doesn't make any sense in my brain. That too, but also, how could twelve million people listen to it and only like three thousand that, like that's, it? That's what I think. It's like, like speak up if you like it. Let them know. Well, people hit that like button. People would spend rather spend more time on things they don't like rather than spend time on the things that they do like. <laughs> That's true because they'll it analyze is, the stuff they don't like. I, that's you know the thing is is most people is when they see something they like like oh that's cool and you know what they do then they move on to the next thing yeah they don't comment they don't like they don't share they don't it's rare that it does happen but if you don't like something you oh my yeah. god hold my beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah just wait just one moment I got a comment on and let me spend, take an hour of my life. About something I don't like when it takes a few seconds to like something that you do is <laughs> our society is so twisted in that respect. My attitude is if you don't like your, what you're saying, you ain't got to look. <laughs> That's my opinion. You, there's other there's other videos on YouTube. You don't have to sit there and troll mine. <laughs> you know? Man. Well, well uh, as always, but your ratio is what you are looking at, and the thing is, is if 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 you have a hundred to one, you won. You, that's it. Yeah, especially that's this day and age on the internet. That's that's. If success. you've got for every hundred likes, one dislike, how could you ask for more? That's right. But the December eighteenth, Friday night, uh, Aberdeen VFW big room, um, sponsored by Madhouse Inc. Um, make sure you're there. It's only ten dollars. Look, I haven't seen a show in twenty twenty where you can catch five bands for ten dollars. So um, it, it's a chance for you to come out. That's like two dollars a band. Exactly. That's a pretty good deal. So um, not only watch the Drowning Within music video on YouTube, just type Seeking Seven to Drowning Within, but also uh, make sure you type in Kill J. They got a brand new video. I choose revenge. Uh, it's, it, uh, dude, your video is sick. Thanks, really man. Is. We had a good time doing it. Yeah. But but now I've got like the taste for blood. I'm gonna do another yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm already thinking about the next thing. <laughs> I know you you always do that. There you, all right, so this turns out I have to bring this up. I have to bring this up. Uh, there this is their first official video, but I shot a video for Kill J that never the face of regret that never made it through the, And I liked that video. I still I still have it. Still do it. The the whole like 
the whole band quit or got fired right after we shot it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just sitting there in my it's just like, it's yeah. like, But there is another video out there, and it's really good. It is. We, we just didn't do. Yeah, it's really, I agree. Really good. It's I, really I good. Did the, uh, the, it's I, before I got like super fat too, so I'm I like did, really proud of I it. I did the editing <laughs> all the way up to my part. I said, "Here's the band action shots. All we have now left is the drama parts." So we were analyzing how we're going to shoot the drama scenes, uh, but then that's when everybody quit and shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, me and you have talked about this a lot. It's like once you spend money. Yeah. on a band whether it's like paying for a photo shoot or going to get an album done or paying for a video every time it's like the lineup changes and yep. you're like every time. so you just have to go with you know. yeah that's another it, podcast yeah that's a whole other <laughs> podcast and there's there's a reason it's been 20 years since we put out a video it's because it's just been the stars well, I tell you when you even if it was just one star that didn't align, there's been star not a lot of stars just didn't align. We, it I, wasn't for a lack of of want to or effort. Dude, I remember back in '05 or '06 when you were knocking at my door and saying, "Hey, Rob, shoot us a video," and I'm like, "I don't know how." Yeah, like, yeah, you do. <laughs> you do anyway. Dude, we did a video for the Darkest Hour. I remember that? That's what happened. It and was so, it you, was adorable. It was I don't think it got turned down because I I just I wish I could find it. Like, I don't want anybody else to see it, but I'd like to see Dude, it. Let me give you another trivia. No, no, this really happened. Uh, the very first YouTube video I ever watched in all my life was The Darkest Hour. That like, video that we made? Yes. I was like, what is this wow. YouTube video? It's not out there now. No, I don't it's know. gone. I don't have a copy of it. Nobody I know has it, a copy of it. It must have got it. taken down somehow. Uh, but it was on YouTube. Probably from just lack of interest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it. No, no, it was a good video. It was, it was adorable. It was like, oh, look at y'all trying to make a video, you little shit. I don't know what you're doing. It. I was like, and then, yeah, that was the, my introduction to all of YouTube. Was that video? That's wow. how long ago that it, it dates. It dates that long. Well, I don't even know what year that was, dude. Yeah, it hadn't been. Oh four. Maybe even sooner. No, it was sooner than that. Oh, it three before maybe. that. But as always, it's a pleasure to have you here live in the studio. Man, it's, it's always nice to hang out with you, whether we're podcasting me. or we're recording or we're shooting a, a, a COVID concert at your house or you know, we're cooking out or no matter what we're doing, it's always it's always a pleasure. But And if I'm not mistaken... Is this going to be a real pop culture first? I think you said we're going to try to publish this episode tonight. I'm definitely going to edit it. So it's up to you from there. Well, it's actually a little bit up to my internet, uh, depending <laughs> on how big the files are. But you have an episode before us that you still have to release. No, I'm going to do that later. <laughs> we, I gonna... mean, it's this late. It's still like if you're an hour late for work, you're like... I'm going to stop at McDonald's and get me a biscuit. Because <laughs> yes. it's what, what, like my boss is going to be more mad that I'm an hour and ten minutes so you, late than an hour late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I need say, some hash browns, man. I'm going to say something, but I might get banned from the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get them hash browns in you before mm-hmm. you get to work. If you're an hour late, who cares? Well, if I'm, I'm going to edit it tonight, we got to bid the adieu. But thanks for having me on, Mark. It's always a pleasure. pleasure Go check me. out the Drowning Within official music video on 
Seeking Seven TV. Check out the other videos that have all your all your videos are on. Yeah, they're all there. So you didn't do like me and have to create a new YouTube page every time because you couldn't remember the password. <laughs> yeah, that it was, was almost that, that smart almost on your part. Yeah. So let me start building an actual <laughs> channel. So. Oh yeah. yeah, remind me to ask you that thing about that because mm-hmm. you got to you got to school me on some YouTube stuff. But anyway, December seventeenth, eighteenth. That's on a Friday. December eighteenth, Friday. Yes. Be at the VFW in Aberdeen, Mississippi. The address is on the flyer. It is. Is it on the commercial? The dress is not on the the commercial, but uh, we'll drop I mean, you a pin. Just, but I did say uh, the VFW Aberdeen Post forty four ninety. So if you Google that into your maps, it's going to take you right there. So, so there's so many VFW posts in Aberdeen that this one is forty four ninety. That's there's four thousand four hundred forty. <laughs> there's that many. There's that many. In There's Aberdeen? Only one in Aberdeen. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you said Aberdeen Post 4490. 4490. Don't go to 4489. No. no you ain't going to see no Seeking 7 Kills at 89. You go to 90, that's where you get that honey. And show starts at 6, $10. <laughs> you want that honey, you go to the 90. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're at it, make sure you visit uh, Kill J's YouTube site and check out their new uh, video for um, their amazing song, I Choose Revenge. Thank you so much for listening to episode 147 of Real Real Pop. Real (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so so much for listening to episode 147 of Real Pop Culture. We've been broadcasting live from high atop the first and only floor of the Kill J headquarters at the Kill J Ranch. Love you, bye.